And then the sound that it makes when you put the spoon in and pull it out, the first spoon, because you break through the custard and the cream and then it goes... (laughs) When you hit that first like jelly pull, I wait all year for that sound. Hello and welcome to the first episode of A Christmas Binge, your new favourite Christmas listening tradition. The mince pies have been in the supermarket since October. Maybe you've been Christmas shopping since August, but it is officially December, so the approved Christmas countdown can begin. My name is Brittany Stewart. I'm a Melbourne-based journalist, host of another podcast, Beauty Island, and an absolute Christmas obsessive. Last year, as a podcast fanatic, I desperately wanted to find something festive to add to my podcast rotation in December to get me in the mood. I couldn't find anything, so this year I've made the decision to make it myself. Christmas goodwill or purely selfish, you decide. A Christmas binge is all about celebrating the spirit of the season by chatting to interesting people to find out how they celebrate. Each episode in the lead up to Christmas, I sit down with someone and ask them about their favourite Christmas films and music, the food that fills their dinner table come Christmas Day, and of course, their unique Christmas traditions. This week, I am celebrating Christmas with Monique Bowley. Where to begin with Mons? She makes podcasts at the ABC now, but previously she established the Mamma Mia podcast network, was the founding president of the Adelaide branch of the South Australian Country Women's Association, created a fundraising op shop, a travelling vintage clothing store to raise money for the homeless and disadvantaged in Adelaide, is a former professional basketball player, having played for Australia, and was a finalist in the first season of The Great Australian Bake Off. She cooked me dinner, then we ate brownies, and then she turned her living room upside down into a makeshift podcast studio for me so we could talk all things festive. She shared the revelation of how Adelaide celebrates Christmas, including a special festive parade, the rather vicious-sounding Kris Kringle her family does every year, her signature trifle recipe, and the Christmas tree conundrum she's facing after falling in love with a $1,200 Christmas tree in Vogue. Now, just a word for this episode and the whole season. I am so privileged to have had family and Christmas experiences that make it a time of year that I love. I know for many people, for many different reasons, Christmas can be a really difficult period. So I just wanted to flag that this podcast largely deals with the positive and often indulgent side of Christmas. And we're very lucky to have the privilege and freedom to talk about things like the food we're eating and the way we celebrate and gifts and family. So if it's a topic that you find hard, this might not be the podcast for you right now. But if that is you, I would really love to hear your thoughts and feelings about Christmas if you're open to sharing. For a special episode later in the month, get in touch and email me at beautyislandpodcast at gmail.com or you can send me a message on Instagram at a Christmas binge. I will also be sharing some ways that you can give back this Christmas in each episode, so listen out for that segment. And of course, I will share all the links and info in the show notes for that. For now, over to Mons. Enjoy. It's Christmas! Mons, Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas, Britters! I notice you've worn a very festive red dress. I love nothing if not a theme. (laughs) 
Is this going to be your Christmas frock? I think it might be a bit hot. I'm wearing a, a red long-sleeved kind of midi dress. I think it might be a bit hot for the day, but I will definitely be wearing something red. Oh, are we popping a cracker? Yes. Let's. So I call these crackers, but they're bonbons in Australia, I think. What no. do you call them? Cracker. Cracker. Maybe it's a state thing. So let's get the first one. Oh, do you hold that? Okay. I hold it. Are with, you a I hold the tab on the inside. Is that not what you do? No, but that's probably why I always lose. <laughs> All right, we're doing it my way. I'll do it okay, your way. One, two, three. I won. You beat me. We'll do the other one so you can you can have part we'll of it. We'll do it your way now. One, Hands two. on the outside. Yep. I win. So you won You won my way and I won your way. I know. So I wanted to <gasps> do What colour's your hat? Blue. Mine's red. Do you want to swap? Yes. Red with the red dress. I'm wearing a blue dress, Colour so I'll have the blue hat. So I wanted to do the crackers because, of course, to get into the festive mood, we need to be wearing paper hats and jokes. Please give me your joke. (laughs) What do you call a row of men waiting for a haircut? Think about it. A row of men waiting for a haircut. It's a bit cryptic. It's a little bit cryptic crossword. A cue? It's a little word. Close. A cute, a cut, a cufer. A barbecue. Pretty good. I haven't heard that one before. Okay. This is very Australian themed. What do you call a boomerang that doesn't come back? A boomerang. <laughs> Possibly a better answer than the one that's on here. A stick. Oh, that's pretty good. Now we've got the important stuff out the way. We've got our Christmas hats. I wish I had put a wreath up. I wish I had tinsel up. I feel very underprepared for this <laughs> conversation. You've caught me short. Not but at I all. will say we are recording this in November. I'm not sure when this is going to be published. Probably December. By then. 1st of December is when I really kick into Christmas gear. I'm a believer that November is slightly too early. And then as soon as it hits 1 December, up the tree comes. all. Of, it's all coming out then. So have you listened to any Christmas music yet? Only because I was forced to in a large department store. <laughs> and I wasn't happy about it. You? I actually haven't this year. Usually I do. Because for my birthday, I always have a Christmas in July in August so I get two Christmases a year great because I am that obsessed Mm -hmm. um but this year I've been really pared back I was gonna have my tree up last week but I thought it doesn't feel quite right like you said I need to wait first of December so maybe maybe I'm softening it depends also what state you're in so I'm from Adelaide and in Adelaide we have a thing called the Christmas pageant which I assumed happened everywhere but I've since found out it's just a weird Adelaide thing where the whole of Adelaide descends into the city and Everyone dresses up as giant like prawns and or there's all these floats. The whole city becomes a part of this Christmas pageant. People line the streets. It's like one of those. It's like the Melbourne equivalent of the AFL Grand Final Parade, I guess, or Moomba. Moomba. Oh, yes, Moomba Festival. Yep, but it's all Christmas themed. And then that happens in November and sort of that is the signal to South Australians that you can now <laughs> put your tree up. So, I mean, I could kind of swing into November – being an Adelaide person. Once the pageant goes, then I can do it. And in fact, one of my crowning moments, Britters, was one year I got to, for many, many years, I just stood on the sidelines of the pageant. And then one year I got asked to be in it and I got to dress as a giant cupcake and dance my way through the streets of the Adelaide CBD as part of the pageant. It was a career highlight for me. I'm almost speechless that A, this is a thing that exists. It's so amazing. And B, that I didn't know you dressed up as a cupcake at a Christmas pageant. Yeah, and I danced for kilometres and children screaming on the side of the road, cupcake, cupcake. And then because the very last float, of course, is 
the big guy, Father Christmas, and everyone goes wild. It's the coolest thing ever. I, do, I assumed every city had one. I didn't realise it was an Adelaide thing. Shame on you, the rest of Australia. Shame. Melbourne, pick up your game. Mm. Now, Mons, I obviously know you because we used to work together, but pretend that I'm someone you're meeting at a family Christmas for the first time. Okay. Who are you? Who am I? Yeah. Like, what do I say to them? Okay, first of all, let's set the scene. Are you maybe my cousin's new girlfriend or something? Yes, let's go doing? with that. Okay. <laughs> Who am I? Oh, I don't like to talk about myself. I would ask many <laughs> questions about you, Britta's. And then I would say, I'm Brittany. Nice to meet you. Okay. Who are you? I'm Monique. I make podcasts at the ABC. I am a new mum, which is exciting. I have a baby, Ted. And what else? I was a basketballer a long time ago and I like to bake a lot of cakes. And there is something else there that you love to bake so much that you were on oh. Great Australian Bake Off? Yes, I was on a TV show called Great Australian Bake Off. And I won one week. I got the show-stopping baker something. I can't remember what they called it. The show-stopper? Yeah. Star baker. Star baker. I got star baker for the week that I did um, Anzac biscuits, I think, and maybe a wedding cake. I can't remember, but I was a star baker once. I only use your Anzac biscuit recipe since you shared it with me a few years ago. It's pretty great. Thank you, Britta's. Anytime. I think I already have an inkling of this, but in terms of the Christmas scale, at one end... It's a day that happens every year to I plan my life in preparation for this day. Mm. Where do you sit? I'm in between. I wish I was more planning my life around Christmas because I really do feel the spirit deeply within myself. But I always am too unorganised and then it gets to December. In fact, I see like the first sign for me as a baker is always when I go to the supermarket and they've suddenly got the end cap displays of like lots of fruit, dried fruit for anyone that's organized enough to make the fruitcake. So, you know, traditional fruitcake, you should be soaking that fruit in November. Early November is when you get your booze out and you get your fruit out and you start soaking it. And every year I go, oh, yeah, 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 I should get around to that. And I never do. And then December hits and then sort of mid-December hits and I think, holy shit, I haven't made a fruitcake and then I end up making the quick one from the Wombs Weekly. It happens every year. So yes, I wish I was organised. I'm not. And Christmas cake itself, I feel like, because as a fruitcake is a very divisive cake to begin with. I feel like people, you see this meme that comes around every Christmas that's like how to make, how to eat a fruitcake. Serve it, put it in the bin. (sighs) Disgusting. That's so offensive. (laughs) I love a fruitcake. I never did, but now I do. And now I make fruitcake for beloved people in my life because my mother-in-law loves fruitcake so I really started getting into making it for her and um, this is a bit of a weird confession but I also make a fruitcake for my therapist (laughs) because I want her to like me I'm a people pleaser (laughs) and I just feel like food like a fruitcake but this is the weird thing every year without fail I've done it the last three years in a row I've burnt the cake and then I'm like do I give my therapist a burnt Christmas cake do I not give her anything at all? So it's this weird like cycle. I'm like psyching myself out about it already before I even walk in the door. And then inevitably I've given it to her every year. So she must just be thinking, who is this bitch that keeps giving me a burnt cake every year? What have I ever done to her? And every year I say to her, oh, it's a bit burnt this year. She must just think I'm toying with her. I don't know. 
is it just because obviously it sounds like you sometimes make a few is it just the one for your therapist that gets no burnt? they all get burnt okay. it's a tricky thing to do because they have to be in the oven for so long three hours and you're supposed to line your tin with brown paper It'll give it you know five coats of tin lining and all this and then put a wet tea towel around the outside there's all these tricks and I'm too lazy and then here we go burnt dry cake but, you know, isn't it the thought that counts? Made and also, as we know from the meme, half the people are just going to throw it in the bin anyway, <laughs> so it's fine. I am lucky that my sister is the one that is an excellent baker. My grandma used to make the Christmas cake, but obviously she's in the UK, a bit hard to send to Australia. Mm. So my sister has taken over that. Um, and I think she's a she's a great cook. She's starting to be a patisserie chef, so oh wow, comes with the territory. But I remember one year she also couldn't be bothered, so I think we still have the jar of mints probably from Christmas 2015 still sitting in a jar in the cupboard that just didn't get turned into a cake it's still good it'll be fine you can still use it waste not what not Britters in this world of waste (laughs) be sustainable use up that mince do you know a weird thing but another weird Adelaide thing is that every year at the Royal Adelaide show the fruitcake judging is so serious it gets take it it happens in front of a, like a live audience. To even enter the fruitcake competition at the Royal Adelaide Show, you have to win a regional. So you have to go out to the country and win your blue ribbon there first to even be able to enter the city metropolitan fruitcake. And then Metro Fruitcake is judged. Live audience, panel of judges. These judges are mic'd up and they sort of taste it, give their tasting notes as they go. The whole room is so tense. It's like the climax of some weird thing where everyone's just like what's it going to be what's the result going to be and then they announce the winner and the room erupts and it's always <laughs> like oh Joan from Joan from uh the Barossa did not deserve that I saw that glacé cherry that was the wrong size it's the most amazingly funny thing it's another world that sounds incredible yeah have you ever entered or judged I've never made a fruitcake good enough to even win at a regional so no and I've only ever watched the judging and thought one day I aspire to be that Mm. One day, Mums, one day. Thanks. I just wanted to jump in here for a special segment about really great ways that you can give back to others this Christmas. And this week we're talking about New Day Box, a way to send a message of support to a woman in family violence crisis. New Day Box was started in early November 2013 in Melbourne, inspired by a Canadian not-for-profit called the Shoebox Project. The premise is is simple but powerful. A shoebox filled with skincare, cosmetics and treats for women who are experiencing the unimaginable at a time that should be the most cheerful and love-filled. Working with Safe Steps, the boxes are distributed to domestic violence shelters, housing and crisis accommodation around Victoria. If you would like to get involved, it is simple. Grab an empty shoebox and fill it with things uh, like these are some of the things that they suggest hand cream, face cream or face masks, mascara, nail polish, lipstick in neutral colours, bronzer, blush, brush, lollies and sweets, ones that can't melt, perfume, a nice brush, comb or compact mirror, eyelash curler, a pretty notebook and pen and finish off with a nice message or card. You can then post it or drop it off at designated locations and times. There's a few different ones in the coming weeks. And if you would like more details of those, please head to the show notes where I've put a link for more information on how you can get involved. I will be doing a few boxes this year, so I hope you'll join me in spreading the Christmas cheer thanks to the fantastic team at New Day Box. 
back to the podcast. We get on to the first Christmas binge, which is the thing that you watch or listen to to get you into the Christmas spirit. Is there a particular song, TV special or movie that for you is kind of your Christmas thing that you watch? Yeah, the watching is always National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I had Chevy Chase. I've never seen that film. What? That's our family film we binge watch every year. I could probably quote it for you by heart. <laughs> That's how much we've watched it across the years. And no other movie does it for me. I know there's all these people out there that are like, oh, love actually. But you know what? Love not actually. I get really annoyed at the guy who cheats on his wife. That is not a love story to me. That is not Christmas. I don't like it. And that's just... I hate that bit of the movie, so it's ruined the whole movie for me and I'd rather watch Chevy Chase (laughs) getting around on his vacation. (laughs) How many times do you reckon you've seen that film? Oh, okay, how old am I? I'm late 30s. I would have watched it every year for probably 30 years, multiple times. I would have seen it maybe 70 times, 80 times. Wow. Yeah. And as and I'm assuming that I am probably in the minority here and also strange because I love Christmas, but there's a few like – those kind of like, I imagine it's kind of like the classic comedy, everything going wrong until it goes right at the end. Is that what it is? That's exactly it. Okay. Exactly. And it's the big, the um, the family, the Griswolds, who are hosting Christmas that year in their house, they are very Christmassy people. So they're all about the tree. They're all about the experience. They're all about the dinner. And yes, the whole family flies in to see them and things just start to go wrong. I'm adding that to my list this year. It's really daggy now though. I probably would watch it and go, oh, that's a bit problematic. You have to watch it with um, an 80s mindset on. So that is your your best Christmas film. I was going to ask you what the worst one is. Do you feel that passionately about so-called Love Not Actually that you would call it the worst Christmas film? I wouldn't call it the worst. I think the worst one was one I watched last year about a woman who's a twin and the princess swap. Princess Switch. The princess switch. Is that a Christmas movie? It is. It was new last year. Yes. I think that's the worst one I've ever seen. It's that thing, isn't it? Like I feel like these Netflix, the Hallmark in US and now Netflix has started doing those really cheesy romantic Christmas films that you want them to be so bad that they're good, but some of them are just bad. It was, I watched it with my niece who's five and I was like, she's going to be into this. It's got the word princess in the title. It's pretty easy to follow. And even she was like, this is rubbish. This is terrible. I was like, yep, I'm with you. Yeah. she's uh, Vanessa Hudgens is in another one this year. Oh, no, what's she doing? She's just doing it for the cash, isn't she? She's she rolling just, in it. Yeah, she just wants her – she wants a good Christmas frock this year. I respect that. That's fine. The one this year is called A Night Before Christmas, but night with a K because a medieval okay. night gets lost in current times. Okay, I'll, I'll watch it. Don't worry. I'll be watching it. I mean, what else is there to watch apart from National Lampoon's Christmas <laughs> Vacation and Love Another Not, 80 times. <laughs> What do you watch? What's your go-to? I am firmly of the belief that The Holiday is the best Christmas film of all time. I haven't seen it. You need to. Okay. Actually, even though it's on, I think it's on one of the streaming services, last year I went and to JB Hi-Fi and bought it on DVD just so I know that I could have it and watch it anytime that I need to. Who's in it? Jude Law, Kate Winslet, Jack Black, Cameron Diaz. Mm, okay. Yep. It's like the perfect mix of, mix of everything. All right. And it's got... Jude Law, what else is he in? Is he the one with the spectacles? Yes. Like what other films? He was in Alfie, the remake. No, I don't know. Some Pope TV show that's quite big at the minute. Okay, The Holiday. Okay, I'm on to it. What about Sandra Bullock? Has she done any Christmas movies? Because I'll watch anything she does. 
I don't know if she has. And that seems like a a misstep. Yeah. But in fact, I think that's what I'll be doing in that, you know, that day, you know, Boxing Day where it's like, what do I do with this day? <laughs> I think Sandra Bullock movies on repeat. Oh, definitely. Yeah. The Proposal. Yes. Great. So good. What's, what other rom, like rom com films is she in? Um, Two Weeks Notice with Hugh Grant. Love it. And there's another one, Miss Congeniality. Yeah. Isn't she the best? Oh, God, she's great. And Ocean's Eight. Yes. She's phenomenal. Her hair is phenomenal. She's, she's ageless. I also, it's not, I, it doesn't strictly fall into a Christmas film category, but I treat Bridget Jones 1 and 2 as a Christmas film. Yeah. Because there are Christmas scenes. Yes. I feel like that justifies it enough. I agree. In fact, that's great. I'm adding that to my list. That's good. Which, which one is it where they have the punch up in the fountain? Is that two? That's two. The first one, they're in a restaurant with the punch up. And the fir- okay, the first one is the one with the ugly Christmas jumpers. Yes. Yeah, great. Yep, such a Christmas movie. Good one. Do you own an ugly Christmas jumper? No, I have an ugly Christmas rashy though. Me too. Yeah, they're good, aren't they? Yes. I, always, I get lots of compliments on it. Me too. I took it away with me. I went to um, Europe over summer, so European summer, nothing to do with Christmas, and I was wearing my Christmas rashy for sun protection. Yeah, I nice. got some odd looks, I have to say. Yeah. I wish I had an ugly Christmas jumper, but also when would you wear it? Maybe at your Christmas in July party. Yes, well, that's why I've got to justify the cost per wear. Mm. So I actually did buy my whole family Christmas jumpers. Was it last year or the year before? I just went on ASOS and Boohoo yep. and got tried to curate one that I felt matched with all my family's personalities. And then I forced them to take a very cringeworthy photo. I love this. I am super into when. I'm super into the family cringe photo of Christmas and it's something that I would really like to do with my husband and baby if we ever had time. But this year I was like, what do you reckon we do like a novelty photo where you and me are the reindeers and Ted can be the father Christmas like and we'll be on the sleigh. And my husband's just like, when are you going to do that? You got We've got six loads of washing to do. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Life gets in the way. But yes, I'm very much about the novelty photo for Christmas. Have you ever had a photo... You know how you can go to the shopping centre and have a photo with Father Christmas? Have I, myself, yeah. as a kid? Or yeah. an adult with Ted? Uh, no, I haven't done that with Ted. And do you know what? When I was a kid, that was something rich people did, Britters, and we did not do that. <laughs> so I, no, I think no. you had to pay like 10 bucks for the photo. Mum was like, no. We'll go, no, you're not. You'll just you go and see Father Christmas at church. <laughs> <laughs> and his name's Jesus. <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing outside of Australia. It probably is, but I had never seen it before I moved here. Having a photo with Father Christmas? Like to the point of like going to a shopping centre and it being set up and sitting on his knee and all that stuff. So I remember going to my boyfriend's house when we first met and his dad has like many of them from all along the years. And I was like, I've never seen this. What? That is so amazing. Strange. It's it's obviously, it's got to have come from America, right? Without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. Elf, another good Christmas that movie. Is great. Yes. Based around taking photos. Lots of scenes of taking photos with Father Christmas. Are you, do you say Father Christmas or Santa? Father Christmas. Yes, yeah, I What are you, Santa? Very, I'm or very Father much Christmas. Father Christmas. Yeah. But I've noticed Santa in the lexicon a lot more right now. It's sneaking in. It's really sneaking in and I'm working on a project at work and it's a Christmas-related project and we're toying between this. What do we call it? Father Christmas or Santa? What do we do? And I think Father Christmas is really Australian, but it's on the way out. Oh. I think we need to hang on to it. Do you remember what age you stopped believing in Father Christmas? Are you really going to ask me that question? What if there are children listening to this? What if someone's listening to this on their smart speaker or in a car? 
well, you know that if you say you don't believe in Father Christmas, then he doesn't visit you. That's the price that you pay. Okay. So if you believe, then you're definitely going to get presents. I don't know. I can't remember. But it was a tragic... I think it was just something I came to slowly over a number of years. Yeah. But there was this girl at school, I remember, who admitted to her parents that she knew it was all a ruse. And that year she got a pair of thongs. And her sister got a CD a CD player. <laughs> that is so well played and by the parents. Isn't it? And the whole school was in shock. And everyone's like, did you hear what happened to Kylie? She got a pair of thongs. <laughs> and her sister Danny got a CD player. That were the, They were their names, Kylie and Danny. They were not the Minogues. But yeah, it's really stuck with me ever since. So hmm. I still am sort of a believer. That's okay. Yeah. I want my CD player. I get it. I get it. It was broken to me quite sharply because... Mum made me write the Christmas labels to my for my sister's present to say no. to Halea Love Center. No. I mean, I was probably like 12 or 13. It probably should have grown out of it by okay. then. But I remember one Christmas as well, like I used to have uh, bunk beds. And I remember waking up, you know, at 1am on Christmas Day and feel like I, I used to have a fireplace in my bedroom. And I felt like I saw this kind of red holographic flash and I was like, Santa is on his way. Like I felt like I'd seen him. Uh, smart move by your mum, outsourcing the Christmas thing <laughs> to you. That's good. I appreciate that. She's a smart woman. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> the next stage of binging on Christmas Day is obviously the eating, which I think is one of the best parts of Christmas. Yeah. So talk me through, do you, are you Christmas lunch, you Christmas dinner? Some people do <sighs> breakfast. Oh, where does it end? I mean, we are lunch late lunch always it's generally sort of like chocolate for breakfast <laughs> christmas chocolate bit of that you know that christmas lolly mix that only comes out at christmas <laughs> there's always a bowl of that in someone's house and we just eat that for breakfast and then of course we have the eucharistic wafer at church when we go as the devout catholics that we are no we're not really we're lapsed and we go once a year basically at christmas because we feel fully guilty <laughs> and then yeah lunch which mum i okay i live in fear of the day that I have to host Christmas lunch. It's coming. I've survived a few decades now without having to do it. It's imminent. What am I going to do? Is everyone okay with hand sandwiches? I don't know because <laughs> that's what's going to be on the menu. I'm scared. My mum is a gourmet cook. She's amazing and she does the full hot meat, prawns. My parents are oyster farmers. So there's like oysters and seafood as far as I can see and then the hot lunch and then the pudding and just the trifle, which I do. I do the dessert. But yeah, it's a binge fest. This sounds so privileged. Can you imagine? Do we just sound so like, oh my God, what am I going to wear? And what am I going to, all my gifts and all my food? Like what about all the people that don't have all of this? And I think that is something important that I've been kind of thinking about preparing for this podcast is obviously it is a huge element of privilege to have Christmas as a, as a good and fun time of year that you look forward to yeah. because it can be a very lonely, very lonely and time. sad, but it's brought the tone down massively. We were just no, I, in think the it's, f- I think it's important to say. Yeah. Um, and I love it. Obviously, I have a few friends who live in London and I love the idea of, you know, when people have like the orphan's Christmas, when people, when you're away from your family and you just get anyone and everyone who doesn't have anywhere to go to come and I think those are some of the best kind of memories and times that you have when you have such a mix of people who might not know each other yeah and you kind of build what Bridget Jones calls it like your urban family Mm. which I really like well I am checking my privilege right now because yeah I have the full-on family big family idyllic Christmas so I'm very lucky definitely Mm. oysters Pacific estate oysters freshly plucked from the sea freshly shucked like a minute before Drizzle of lime juice straight down the hatch. I mean, we could do at Kilpatrick, 
but we don't. We're purists. I mean, we, yeah, we, we don't mind people that like a Kilpatrick's. Quite good for <laughs> breakfast, a bit of bacon. But yeah, so, so delicious. And you mentioned, and I did stalk your Instagram, searching for just your Christmas posts today, just oh, so yeah. I could get an idea of what, what you do. And you mentioned the trifle. You did share a picture, I think it was last year or the year before, of your triumphant trifle. Yes. What goes into it? So I make, I love trifle. I think trifle is probably my favourite food. And I think the reason it is, is because it combines all of my favourite things. It's got cake, jam, custard, cream, fruit, nuts. And it's all in one towering, beautiful thing. Oh, and jelly. And, um, but it only comes out at Christmas. I don't make it at any other time of year. So it's almost that the weight is just like the anticipation of it. And then the sound that it makes when you put the spoon in and pull it out, the first spoon, because you break through the custard and the cream and then it goes <laughs> like that. When you that first like jelly pull, I wait all year for that sound. So yeah, I make the trifle and I don't, there's been a lot of like fancy trifles. Sort of, yeah, who's that chef? Adriana Zumbo probably did one and Curtis Stone probably did one. Probably gourmet traveler always every year have like your very gourmet trifle. No, I'm all about just your jam sponge with your canned peaches, your, you know, port wine jelly, and then your custard and your cream and your nuts. I don't go fancy at all. And that's the way I like it. Traditional is best. Well, I'm sure the others are delicious. I haven't partaken in them, but I just feel like if I'm making the truffle, I'm making the one that I want to eat. I know that's really selfish, but the other thing I do is I make two, one to eat on Christmas Day and then one to eat from Boxing Day into the new year. <laughs> so, you, well, like you said, it only comes around once a year. You've got to maximise trifle time. You really do. You really do. You are from, as you mentioned, South Australia, so you tend to go back there for Christmas. Are you then feasting on leftovers for those days after Christmas as well? Pretty much, yeah. Mum always does the big ham and then the ham just sits in the handbag in the fridge and then it just becomes... Oh, you said, I thought you said handbag for a second. No, ham. Handbag. Handbag. That seems much more hygienic. Do you have a handbag for mm. your ham? No. Get into the ham. and I'm then into it. And then it will be... So the day will start with someone will... You hear the fridge open. You hear the ham get plonked on the, on the bench. Someone will just... You hear the, the sound of a knife <laughs> and then just like... The sliver. <laughs> yes. And we, we just ate ham from a bag for days. It's amazing. My dad is the master of Christmas leftovers. Mm. So the, we always have leftover sandwiches for dinner. So that's like turkey, ham, stuffing, cranberry, all the good stuff in a sandwich. And then it gets creative. So we've had turkey curries, turkey pies, ham pies, stews, which I'm not a massive fan of. Mm. They've become less because it's Australia and it's summer and it's not quite stew weather. But yeah, turkey curry. Oh, I don't know about that. It's not my first pick. But when you have a lot of turkey to get through. How do you have so much turkey? Just eat more on the day. I'm already having, last Christmas, I fell asleep at the table after eating so much. That's not your fault. That's turkey's fault. It's got that chemical in it that makes you sleepy. Does it? Yeah, it does. It's got something called like (laughs) phytoprenophenol that makes you, it's like some opposite of endorphin that makes you tired. Truly, look it up. Google it right now. Turkey tiredness. Mum, I'm sorry. It wasn't my fault. (laughs) When it comes to traditions and what you actually do on the day, yeah, is there anything that what activities are you doing throughout the day apart from eating and okay. sleeping? Our big tradition is something that happens on Boxing Day, where my whole the whole mum side of my family get together. I've got I think 
26 cousins and then they've all got children. So we, it's called Lemming Day because my mum's maiden name is Lem. And so Lemming Day is always everyone gathers at one person's house just for the yearly catch up. But we play this game called Santa Snatch. Have you heard of it? I no. think it's some people call it Stealing Santa. It's very serious and the okay. stakes are always very high. So what happens, Britters, is you have to bring to the party a present worth $20. It can be anything you want in the world, anything you like in the world, but it has to be a value of $20. And then you've wrapped it, you put it in a big pile, and then when the game starts, everyone takes a number. And then someone plays the role of Father Christmas and they sort of officiate proceedings and number one goes up picks out a gift unwraps it and has to present it to the rest of the group and it might be say like a six pack of beer and then everyone's like yep okay there's beer good then number two comes along and picks out any present unwraps it and if it might be like a candle and if they go oh I don't want a candle I want that beer they can steal the beer and then poor number one gets the candle so it becomes this like ruthless game of man versus man, gift versus gift. And every year it just ends up is shambolic and it's so funny. There's people like trying to sell their wares, trying to <laughs> wave their candle saying, take this beautiful candle. It'll light up your room when you have a blackout. Like it becomes this like real game of like bartering the crap gifts off. It's like Shark Tank. Like. It's Shark Tank for gifts. And then there's always like really coveted gifts. So scratchies always go crazily well. Everyone always wants the scratchy and everyone always wants the alcohol. And then one oh, – in fact, almost every year there's like a booby prize – one year, I won't say who put this in, but I come from a family of big jokers. Someone put in a giant bag of marijuana. And we are not <laughs> a drug-taking family. Let me make that completely clear. But someone, as a joke, it might have been oregano. I don't know. But it became – it was so funny. And now people still talk about it. But every year there'll be sort of one booby prize gift that generally ends up with my 92-year-old grandmother. She gets like – the book on vaginas or something like that yeah. and the bag of oregano was that a coveted gift that people were fighting for no or not? it just became sort of the joke gift but the thing about it Britta's, is if you pick the last number so you're number 42 right you are the king of the day because you get to pick any gift that's come before you you get you unwrap the last gift and you get you're the prize pig you get to pick anything so it becomes this it's just really really funny game to play and I'm trying to think like tactically because you're not buying a, pre uh, a present for someone in particular are you buying something that you wouldn't mind getting back yourself yes or? okay I think that's the best way to play it but if you want to be a real asshole you can put something in there that you know is just going to be a real dud and then watch as everyone kind of tries to palm it off or um yeah so there's that element too but I think mostly the best way to play is to put something good in there like a nice bottle of wine or some but there's been quite a variety of things last year I got a salad bowl and salad servers I thought that was pretty good like they're good quality gifts and I love that under the veil of anonymity say yeah it? anonymity anonymity you know like the thing about Christmas and gift giving in general is that when you're given something and say you don't like it you have to put on that performance of like oh thank you so much I've been wanting this yes. or whatever whereas this sounds like everyone is like the reaction is authentic it is and it's completely you're right the pretenses go out the window and one year I remember someone put in you know one of those Oxfam buy a goat <laughs> buy a goat <laughs> this this you bought a goat from 
for a village. This sounds so terrible that I'm laughing at this. But that became, whoever ended up with that was like, oh, what am I going to do with a fucking goat? I can't do anything with a goat. And it just became no one wanted the charity goat, the joke charity goat. It was just, yeah, it's a funny thing. It's a funny game. It's because you're caught up in it, I think. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. And obviously, as you mentioned, you are a mum, you have a son, Ted. Yeah. And I think Christmas is magical at any age if you if you want it to be but there's something particularly when you start seeing it through children's eyes as well and obviously you know ted is only one so maybe he's still got no clue yeah what's he's going got on. no idea are you kind of excited for that for him to start getting involved i'm very much excited i'm gonna get him i can't work out if we should be a stocking family did you have a stocking yes i still have a stocking does it get filled up yes with what with little presents, chocolates and little presents. Mm. And so we all have one. That's the first thing that we open. That's actually the only presents we're allowed to open until after lunch. So we oh. open our stockings in the morning and maybe we sometimes get to pick one present. Oh. But now I have taken, because obviously mum has been doing it for, how old am I? 25. So 25 years she's been doing stockings. So the last few years I've taken over her stocking. So at least she doesn't have to buy her own presents. She has some surprises in there as well. Okay, But she still does it for my sister and I. That's very sweet. I think, I don't know, do I want to be a stocking family? Maybe. Because then I suppose it is somewhere to put all those things that children need. Like, look, here's a great pair of jocks, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah. But we used to have Santa sacks. We didn't have stockings. We had oh. sacks. Then my mum just whipped up on the Janome because, I don't know, just everything was whipped up on the Janome because we had four kids. But, yeah, maybe I'll bring the sack back. <laughs> Santa sack. A sack each? A sack each. It was basically a pillowcase with our name written on it in puffy paint and a little picture of like a sprig of holly. That's so cute. It is it's pretty cute. Do you still have the sacks? Uh, somewhere. Mum's got the sacks, yeah. I love that idea. And how big are these sacks? They're quite big, as big as a pillowcase. So your normal presents are going in sack, in the sacks? No, there's like extra things in oh. the sacks, yeah. But they weren't even like festively red. They were just like white pillowcases. <laughs> They might have even been like Calico, whatever was cheap at Spotlight. Who knows? I was going to ask you whether you had a unpopular Christmas opinion. Oh. I feel like your Love Actually statement earlier might fall under that. But is there anything else that like drives you insane or nutty about Christmas or that everyone else is really hyped about and excited and you just don't get? Here's my unpopular Christmas opinion. Fake trees are horrible. There, I've said it. Okay. Okay. There, Do you I've always have a real Christmas tree? <sighs> What's the environmentally friendly option? Okay, great question. Because I asked my husband that, who's an ABC rural journalist. I was like, you need to do a story. I would click on this so quick. What's better for the environment, a real tree or a fake tree? He says a real tree. I'll tell you why. Because they're grown and they're supporting farmers. So he reckons that a real tree is like environmentally and also economically better. Whereas a fake tree is just more plastic. And who's that good for? Blah, 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 blah. Now. My caveat is this. I think I will end up being a fake tree person because it's a bit safer for children. And also we had a real tree last year and they're beautiful and they smell gorgeous, but they drop pines all needles all over the floor and the dog gets in the bloody bowl and licks all the water up. And if we've got a one-year-old running around, he's going to put his hands in the dog bowl water with the dirty dog tongue that's been in it and the pine needles everywhere, going to get, you know, in his eye, who knows? So I think I'm inevitably going to look at getting a fake one it's about what's practical thanks britters also fyi 
real trees are so expensive now. I remember my mum used to buy a real tree from the service station and it was 10 bucks. Now, the sca- the one that's down the road, the Scouts, are selling real Christmas trees, $95. Is that, is that crazy? Supply and demand. I don't know. I don't <laughs> is know. That, is that? I'm just like, oh my God. So my dad is usually the one that puts up the tree because we used to always get a real a real tree and then there was one year I think it was two years ago that he was away so it was up to my mum sister and I to go and buy the tree we had to go in two cars to drive to the place to buy the tree to pick it up and then us trying to pot this bloody tree to get it to stand up we were literally trying for three hours and it gave up it just was lopsided and fell down and we put ourselves a glass of wine and just said no but isn't that the great fun of it, trying to get the thing to stand up? And also tree technology has come a long way now. You can get proper, proper stands for real trees oh. where they sit straight. And then tree skirts as well. Tree skirts are really big. Have you seen them? What's a tree skirt? It's something you put around the bottom of it to highlight the ugly trunk and the pot. Is it like a frilly thing? Yeah. I'm like imagining a like a lampshade. Yes, it's like a lampshade for your tree. I know, how crazy is that? Okay, here's another thing that's going to make me sound like a massive, privileged, rich bitch. How much would you pay for a fake Christmas tree? What's too much? How much is too much to pay? Think about it, Britters. Think if you're going to have it for the rest of your life, what's a good price to pay? A fake tree for the rest of my life. Maybe like $100. Okay, $100. Keep in mind that one real Christmas tree is almost $100. How much would you pay for a fake tree that's going to last you 20 years? $100. Okay. Should I say more? No, that's fine. You and my husband, you are one. You... Ah, uh, the one person. So I, okay, this is the problem with Instagram. I'm a short-term thinker though. I'm not like you're saying you're going to have it for ages, but I'm just thinking this is money that's coming out of my bank account now. No, that's a good way to think. So inevitably I say to my husband, I think we're going to have to get a fake Christmas tree because of the baby, but I don't, I want one that looks really real. I want a really beautiful fake Christmas tree. And then of course my phone hears what I'm saying. And so next time I'm on Instagram, I start getting all these ads for fake Christmas trees that look real, like the ones that are in Vogue magazine and stuff, like the really extravagant looking trees, $1,200 for a tree. And then I'm like, okay, let's break it down. If we have this tree for 20 years and it becomes a family heirloom, it's only like 120 bucks. I don't know, my maths isn't great. Let's say, okay. $60. 60 bucks a year. That's correct. $60 yeah. a year for 20 years. I'm like, the tree will pay for itself. We're saving money by buying a $1,200 Christmas tree. <laughs> this is why I don't own a house because I want to buy $1,200 Christmas trees. But I don't know. I can't. I'm, now that I've seen on Instagram, I can't get it out of my head. I really like the ones, and I've only seen the Kmart versions, but I'm sure there are high-end versions. The one that looks like snow is like oh, dappled on it. Yeah. Love that. So good. Yeah, I just feel really <sighs> conflicted about my tree because I want a real one that looks – I want a fake one that looks real. What do you put on top of your Christmas tree? Star. What so about you? We do not put anything religious. So we used to have uh, – we put like a, a teddy bear on top and then it's been like a rotating thing of soft toys. And then last year I bought what I thought was a really cute kangaroo with a Christmas hat. Um, and I was like, great, this can go on top of the tree. And I gave it to my mum as like a – pre-present to put on the tree and she thought it was a rat not a kangaroo and so it's become I thought I was doing this really nice thing and it's become this hated disgusted <laughs> Christmas, rat. Christmas rat I like the Christmas rat so do I I'm gonna it's push really for it this novel. year as well I think it's good it's a good conversation starter isn't it you don't have your starry angel you have a rat I like it that's cute 
Yeah, so Christmas rack goes on top of mine. Do you know what I love? When we were kids, our Christmas tree was just decorated with all the crap things we did at school. And it was so great. Like all of our stupid, what are those things, paddle pop sticks? I don't know. We'd make like stars out of paddle pop sticks. (laughs) That's the kind of tree I want in my future. Just like lots of crafty crap things on it. Just (laughs) something that says maybe the tree is real and lopsided. Yeah, something that just says family. I love that. Yeah. A $1,200 Christmas tree that was in Vogue magazine. Don't need it. You're an idiot. It's an investment. It's, that's what I said. I was What's like, the it, resale value of a Christmas that's tree? That's what I said. I tried every trick in the book. I said, it'll be a family heirloom. We'll pass it down to our children. He was like, <laughs> no. He said, would you take a tree that your parents passed down to you? And he had the point. Mm. Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. To finish us off, a bit of a quick fire round of this or that and yes or no because I couldn't decide on just one. Yeah. Seafood or roast? Quick fire. <laughs> Seafood. Mince pies or Christmas pudding? Pudding. Christmas pudding with cream, custardized custard, cream. Custard, custard. Yeah, yeah, agree. Christmas cake, yes or no? You said yes. yes. Brussels sprouts, yes or no? Yes. R- roasted with vinaigrette. Mm. Oh. Yeah. That sounds nice. Yeah, it's good. And finally... You've kind of answered this one already, but tree up before December 1. No, you know, unless you're in Adelaide, which is forgiven. You know, there are some people that I get not doing it before 1st of December, but there are some people, I don't quite know how the 12 days of Christmas works. People don't do it before that. Whereas I feel like December 1 is fair game. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. My Christmas, <laughs> I can't believe it. I don't know what the 12 days of Christmas is. Mons, thank you so much for joining me to talk about Christmas. You're so welcome. It's thank been, you for having me. This has definitely gotten me in the mood. Well, you're looking the part still. So, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening to the very first episode of A Christmas Binge. I hope you enjoyed it and are feeling a bit more in the festive spirit. A very special thank you to Mons for sharing her Christmas memories and traditions. You can find out where to follow and hear more from her and also where she landed with the Christmas tree conundrum in the show notes of this episode. If you enjoyed, please subscribe, rate five stars and leave a review if you're feeling particularly festive. Those things really help other people find the podcast. And I have it on good authority that if you would like to get on Santa's nice list, send this podcast to a friend or recommend to a work colleague. Or a stranger, I'm not fussed. You can also share that you are listening by taking a screenshot and posting it on your Instagram stories and tagging me at a Christmas binge. And that is also where you can find more Christmas goodness until next week's episode drops. So that's on Instagram at a Christmas binge, where I share behind the scenes from the episodes, the best Christmas memes that you will ever see, and more Christmas trivia and polls and quizzes. A reminder that for anyone who finds Christmas difficult or lonely or just different to all the perspectives that you're hearing on these episodes, I would really love to hear from you for a special episode I'm putting together to share later this month. If you feel comfortable sharing, please get in touch. Email me beautyislandpodcast at gmail.com. Until next week, bye-bye. Enough now.